Hello, and welcome back to A Voice for the Kids, Child USA's internationally ranked podcast covering all aspects of child protection. Today, I'm joined by two stars in our space Child USA Executive Director Jillian Ruck and Social Science Director AJ Ortiz. We discuss children's safety in schools at this critical moment in our country's history as we all deal with what to do about the situation in Uvalde. It's a powerful conversation that we think you'll take a lot from, and thank you for listening. So today we're talking to uh, Jill and AJ about children's safety in school, something at the top of mind for so many right now across the United States. And as I always say, children need a seat at the public policy table. And unfortunately, they're often just locked out of the room. So I wanted to hear from AJ and Jill to give us their perspectives. AJ from the social science perspective and Jill as a former high school history teacher. So uh, these two have a lot of knowledge and let's jump right in. AJ, uh, what are you thinking about in the wake of Uvalde and, and what are you concerned about right now? Yeah, so, you know, I, as I'm thinking about this, this tragedy in, in Uvalde, I think the background that we need to consider when it comes to public policy is the state of political polarization in our country right now. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation about what can we do to prevent these types of mass shootings and school shootings in the future. And unfortunately, I, I think what we're seeing, especially at the federal level in Congress, is pretty much a, a political and policy deadlock. Um, and part of this is due to the, to the state of, of polarization in our country. So when we're talking about polarization, we're talking about um, folks on the kind of ideological or political extremes. Um, those, those extremes are becoming kind of more common or more populated. So, um, and you can see this in research done by the Pew Research Center, um, which is a, a, a pretty influential polling outfit um, and we'll, we can link this in the show notes so that listeners can, can take a look. But research done in 2014 really indicated that, you know, pretty much the population of people that are on those ideological extremes pretty much doubled um, between 1994 to 2014. And so why that's important for this conversation about safety in schools is because you know, we've seen this kind of rash of school shootings over the past uh, decade or two, and very little action has been taken to, to stop it. And part of that is because, um, you know, our, our representatives in Congress, they're responding not to the actual issue itself or to children's needs, but they're responding to what they perceive as the desires of their constituents or their bases um, to not let the other side get a win or to not compromise, right? So I think what we need to do at Child USA is to advocate for, um, for more compromise, for more bipartisan legislation that actually gets at the root causes of these mass shootings. Um, and we can talk about that a, a little bit more later, but I think you know there, there are some ideas out there that the majority of people support. Again, looking at Pew Research more recently from 2021, about 87% of people that were polled favor preventing people with mental illnesses from being able to purchase guns 
nearly 81% um, favor more background checks uh, for private gun sales. So those are just some ideas that a, a broad majority of people in the public support. However, we're not necessarily seeing people in Congress deciding to take action. And again, I think that's because of um, the political polarization that we're seeing. So that's one of the things that I'm starting to think about. Thank you. So, so AJ, how crazy is it that you work for Child USA, where we focus on building children's civil rights, and you've got to be concerned about polarization, political polarization, because as the adults battle um, from either end of the spectrum, children are suffering. Uh, and this is true with respect to gun rights. It's, it's true with respect to LGBTQ issues. It's really sad that we can't just put all of our uh, political fun to the side and really focus on the children. So if you were to focus on the children right now, what would you tell these representatives to do at least to um, find a way to talk about children and not all of these adults activities? Yeah, well, I mean, one thing I've been thinking a lot about is connected to the polarization issue is this idea of, of kind of the, the spread of conspiracy thinking um, that's happening within politics, right? And so, you know, I wrote a blog post recently about um, some of the use, uses of the term grooming out there, right? Which I think is, is coming from part of this kind of conspiratorial part of the political spectrum that is, you know, coming up with all these conspiracies about, um, you know, pedophile rings and all these types of things, right? But it's not necessarily connected to the, the lived realities of kids on the ground, right? And I think one of the things that we could focus on going back to the gun violence issue in schools is we do have a mental health crisis amongst teenagers in our country, right? So one paper that I was reading um, that was kind of profiling and studying mass shooters um, found that the, the vast majority of them, I think roughly about 70% did have suicidal ideation leading up to those mass shooting events, right? So I think, you know, we should be working on um, practical things like maybe raising the age limits at which people can buy guns, um, making it harder for people uh, to, to purchase guns, whether that's waiting periods, red flag laws, things like that. But I, I do think a practical thing we could do for our kids is provide more resources to individuals in schools that can provide interventions um, to help them with their mental health, to help provide them with social connections. Um, yeah, so I think we need to get away from the conspiracy thinking in our politics, and we need to actually bring kids to the table, ask them, we, could, we should be asking teenagers, what do you think should be done for people your age to actually further your mental health, to get you more connected with your peers, to protect you from bullying, things like that. Um, so I don't think it should be an either or conversation like, oh, should we should we confiscate all guns or should we just do mental health? I, I personally think it should be both. And we should be asking kids what's going to make a practical difference to your life, not thinking um, too much in these conspiracy spaces. So yeah, if I can, if I could jump in real quick, um, AJ, I love your point about asking the kids. Um, in my experience, kids have plenty of ideas. They know intuitively a bit kind of what they need. Um, you know, whether or not they always want those things, you know, that's up for debate. But, 
you know, what the problem is, like, these kids are in it every day and we're not asking them and politicians aren't hearing from them because they're not of voting age. So potentially some politicians are thinking, oh, they they don't matter. But I think what we're starting to see, you know, post Parkland um, and the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was these kids are, are coming of age now and they are going to make their voices heard. And, and so I think, like, we need to has listened to them and what would have made your time easier in high school? What are some of the things or middle school or elementary school? What are some of the things that you needed help with that you didn't get? So I think that that's a really, really good point. Well, Jill, I mean, you were uh, a high school teacher uh, dealing in several different districts across the United States. So you have seen a slice of how kids are living in school and what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Uh, what were your first thoughts about the kids as you started to hear about the Uvalde events unfolding? Yeah. Um, first off, I was absolutely gutted. Um, I'm no longer in the classroom, obviously. I'm here at Child USA, um, but I was in the classroom 10 years ago after Sandy Hook. Um, and that was something we had never really seen. And I was, you know, I wasn't teaching elementary, I was teaching seniors that year, but it was you know, a, a terrifying situation to go back into my classroom the next day and have to talk to all of my kids about, well, what are we, what are we going to do in this classroom when or if <laughs> a shooter comes into this school? Um, you know, I think what I, what may, what I think about most, like after a shooting like this is is that like, yes, we we have made some progress state to state. Um, in reforming gun laws, but unfortunately that creates a patchwork um, and not a blanket of protection for children. That's why we see, you know, a lot of times Chicago is cited as this awful gun violence place, um, but that's because Indiana has lax gun laws next door. Um, and so, right, so I, and then you see in Texas, they're, they've, you know, loosened their gun laws over the years. And so that's how something like that can happen there. And maybe it won't happen in a very, you know, a state that has reformed laws, but that's why you need a blanket protection to protect all kids in this country. It shouldn't matter what state you're living in, you deserve the same safety. Um, and then I also think that the other point that it makes me think of is, you know, obviously these mass shootings are God awful and should never happen. But I think what we shouldn't forget is that kids are actually dying every day because of gun violence. I taught in schools where kids were going to their classmates' funerals because of gun violence in their neighborhood. So while these um, mass shootings are awful, gun violence is happening every day. And it's not just figuring out how to stop these mass shootings. That's definitely part of it. It's figuring out how to take this kind of gun violence out of these kids' lives because as AJ can probably tell you with the science behind it, um, it not only impacts their mental health, but it impacts their education. These kids come into school with trauma, they can't learn. Um, and so, you know, if the ultimate goal of school is to teach, then we have to help kids in other ways to come in ready to learn so that they can be taught. Um, so those are kind of some of the first things I think about after after this terrible tragedy. Yeah, can I can I jump in on the um, yeah. on the broader gun violence point? Because I, I think that's such an important point, Jill. And especially I think about this from a social justice perspective and a racial justice perspective, because I do think, you know, yeah, it's hard to say this after Uvalde, but we 
we shouldn't just be focusing on on school shootings, right? We should be focusing on community violence more broadly all the time, because I think that that does that conversation gets dropped sometimes, and we give up from a policy standpoint on what can we do to protect, especially young African American men um, and kids in communities like Chicago and Philadelphia, right, all over the country. Um, I was reading a paper from Patrick Sharkey at NYU that he wrote in 2010. Um, and he did a great job of showing um, through assessments related to like, you know, vocabulary or uh, verbal um, abilities, problem solving, that when kids experience gun violence or witness it or know about it within their communities, um, within a couple block radius, it actually really does impact their scores on those type of assessments. Um, and he ended up estimating in that paper that um, African-American sample members um, living in the most violent communities, this was in Chicago, the study, um, it was likely that they were spending about 25% of any given year performing at a lower cognitive level on those type of educational assessments due to gun violence, right? So, um, yeah, I'm just so glad that Joel made that point because we do see in the social science literature that gun violence in general causes worse performance in schools. And so we need to be thinking about this as we need to make long-term investments or long-term investments in our kids' well-being, especially for young Black boys and men, um, we, we need to figure out how to invest in these communities. We need to figure out how to reduce the supply of guns on the streets. Um, it's just, it's really important. Jill, do you have any other uh, closing thoughts you can share? Yeah, I will say, um, you know, circling back to the point that AJ just made, um, you know, one of the new initiatives that Child USA has, has taken on the last year is educational neglect. And I truly think, right, the fact that if, you know, we are not taking action in, the, in, in their communities to reduce this violence, as AJ said, like there is literal proof that they do, kids do worse on these tests, which is also how schools are funded. So it all just becomes a vicious cycle where these kids that are in some of the most dangerous and trauma-inducing neighborhoods are also then going to see it impacted not only in their ability to learn, but in the money that their school and their districts get to provide them an education. So it becomes just this vicious cycle. And the, the root of the problem is to really make these kids safer and to not have them have the trauma to begin with. Um, and that's kind of my final thought on that. <laughs> So, uh, so I want to thank both of you. This was such a fascinating conversation, um, and it's such a great example of what we do at Child USA, which is we bring various experts together to talk in a multidisciplinary way about really hard questions. Social science, former public school teacher, those are the people you want thinking about and theorizing about children now as we deal with yet another mass shooting, but just as importantly as we've already heard, the daily gun violence children suffer. The whole country suffers when kids suffer. It's just a fact, they are the future. Please visit childusa.org and learn more about the civil rights movement for children where children finally are sitting at the policy table. Thanks so much. <laughs>